You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Sarah Falcon. Sarah is VP of Global Marketing at Object Edge, a digital consultancy firm. Sarah, hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. So let's dive right in and talk about our topic today, which is optimizing your content production workflow. And let's just start right there. I, I think most marketers know what a content production workflow is, but let's just make sure we define our terms as you understand what that means. Yeah, so the way that I think about it, right, we have this huge whale of an umbrella of a topic, which is content marketing, right? And we know we need to do it. We know there are tons of ways of doing it. But the content workflow is really just breaking down the execution of the content that we want to get out there. And I usually bucket it by the type, right? There's a different flow for videos. There's a different flow for white papers. There's a different flow for for blog posts. And for each of those things, it's really breaking down into like bite-sized components, the things that need to be done each time in order to have quality, like sort of best practices built in to your content production. So, you know, the, the thing that's been nice is I started marketing in the early aughts when things like content was just, an, it was so hard, like to make an email. Like if you had a live event and you wanted to put that photo in an email, you had mm. to have the digital camera and then you had to have the little card and you had to have a card reader and then you had to hard code the email and then you had to test the email in seven different browsers. Like it was just right. like the steps to just get the basics out the door were so hard. Now we have a lot more channels, but it, but the production piece has gotten a lot faster, but it's just, it's just systematizing all of those little pieces, getting clear, like a step-by-step guide and a one owner for each, each of those pieces and just building a process that you can recreate and that everyone can get faster and better at doing. Okay. And, and the reason that this matters is for the sake of efficiency, correct? Yeah, exactly. You know, because efficiency and, and optimization, like to get, to get faster at it, better at it. And they're just ever increasing demands on content. We know content is important for, Mm -hmm. for our businesses. You know it, I know it, but there are always more channels. There are always more opportunities. There are always new things that we need to be pursuing. Mm-hmm. So now when you say get better at, at it, I'm, I, the mm-hmm. it means the whole content marketing generally, right? Producing content. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's the, there's the, the baseline of communicating what your brand is wanting to communicate, but, but in that is also things like search engine optimization. There's, you know, mm. optimization for your audience. You learn something. There's a word that you're, your prospects or customers respond to. There's a concept that's coming to market. There's a new recession that's coming that two years ago your content wasn't reflecting, right? So it, it's it's setting up a process so that you're constantly creating new content and improving on the content that you have in place. Okay, right. And 
So let's focus on that last part, improving on the content that you have in place. So mm-hmm. I, I think when most people think of workflow, or at least I'll just speak for myself, you know, it, it, that speaks to me like to the efficiency, right? We have these processes, so we, we're not starting from scratch each time. We have templates, we know kind of who does what, or if it's just one person, you know, you kind of can pump stuff out that way. But at the same time, you also want to optimize for quality, right? Like you want each, you want your content to be unique and distinctive and cut through the noise, you know, Mm -hmm. how, and I guess, you know, I think sometimes that processes, especially when you're trying to do something at scale, it can rub against the uniqueness of the thing, or it can detract from the uniqueness of the content you're putting out because you're using the same processes over and over, right? And it can kind of fall into that trap of like cookie cutter content, yeah. which obviously you don't want. So how do you balance that? How do you how do you balance processes that make it all efficient and it's rolling along, you produce a lot of content, while at the same time maximizing the quality in terms of the uniqueness and like, you know, the depth of the content. Yeah. So there are a couple ways of thinking it. One is, you know, if you're a sole operator, your, your content process is your task list, right? If you, so it's just, you know, the 10 things that you need to make sure you do before you publish an article. If you're working with a team, you know, it's, it's split up a little bit. And, and one thing, you know, having one person who's the sole ideas and and producer and publisher and owner of all those things gets hard. So the more you can bring in subject matter experts or just ideas from other people in your organization or in the field, you know, interviews, I think getting other people's perspective is just really helpful to for like freshen for a fresher point. I know when I write, I have a very specific tone of voice and I see that it, you know, it can feel the same over and over again. The company I work for, we're like, we're a technology company. And so I, I have like brainstorming sessions with people in the development team and they may be working on something like super specific and like, you know, very technical, but the way that they look at the world and the problems that they see are so different from mine. And so I just use their, I, I just reach out for their ideas and I tell them, you know, like you'll get author credit. I just need, I just need your thoughts and your perspective mm-hmm. on these topics. So getting more people's unique brains mm-hmm. and being able to pick them, I think is, is really valuable. Um, in terms of systematizing optimization, you know, in our checklist of tasks, we schedule a task six months after publication, which is that we review the entire thing. Mm. And we, we post it to social media. So we review it again for SEO. We review it again for, you know, graphics. Like we just look at everything with like the that new perspective. And when we see, it's kind of a test. Like, can you still post this to social media and have it be mm. relevant? And like, what is the spin that we would use today to talk about this topic? And that I think helps mm-hmm. keep the content improving and, and relevant as we as we go along. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some might argue, I think some do argue that rather than just endlessly pumping out more and more and more content, take, take a step back, do an audit, look at what you have, get rid of the stuff that just doesn't work based on the data, double down in the stuff that does by doing, I think exactly what you just said, right? Re refurbishing it, improving it after six months, 
that's almost you some might argue that's that's better arguably than just producing yet another blog post another video yeah we we know that that has like seo weight and you know like the new study right there's new data to pull into it too right there's no linking yeah. out to do there's like new information to add in there it's a really nice it's a really nice way and it's also a check on ourselves to make sure that mm -hmm. we're continually learning about what we're talking about you know mm -hmm. because we wrote it two years ago but you know jack comes across our website today and he's not thinking like oh well this this would have made sense two years ago and like it still has some relevance today but you know like everyone's looking at it at the snapshot of where they are today yeah right of course you don't want something you don't want something that's obviously outdated yeah that makes yeah. it seem like you're just not paying attention yeah yeah for sure so what's your main takeaway or like what's your advice for marketing teams that that want to optimize their pro their content production processes yeah you know i i'm a big believer in doing a lot of the thinking up front of what what it is that we're trying to produce and again like putting it into bite-sized parts and task lists we use teamwork you know there are tons of project management tools monday and things like that out there but we have sort of a blank template that's like blog post and there are 15 steps in that blog post and every time we start a new blog post we copy this task list and we we work through the steps and everyone knows what they're assigned to um and i would say like hire people who are great at the pieces that you want them to be great at you know get a really good graphic designer or or someone who's really good at using canva get you know very i'm very bullish about really good copywriters you know mm -hmm. the the bad ones, it, it, it does no benefit to anyone. And then, and someone to run the, the operations, you know, making sure all of the, all of the pieces get, get done well. So I would say like build a team of the people who are going to be super good at what they do. And it doesn't have to be a full-time team of employees. You can, you can, in this day and age, it, they can all be remote and just working on the pieces that they're working on and the, you know, they get their task lists assigned and, and yeah, work yeah. through their pieces, but it, but it, it is really dependent on good people who are, who are really good and really care about doing great work. That's yeah. Really great valuable. point. Great point. I mean, I guess if you can have the best process in the world on paper, but if you don't have the right people to make it work, then it's, then it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I, and I guess too, I mean, tell me what you think that the, the, when you're crafting a process, you know, build, building a, a process and trying to optimize it, it has to play to the strengths of the people that you do have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, you can fill the gaps if you need to, if you don't have an SEO person on board now, mm -hmm. right? Ideally in your content process, you have an SEO person who upfront is making recommendations. But if that's if you don't have that, then you hire someone external to do an SEO audit and make a bunch of recommendations and then you plug them in later, right? You yeah. have to be a little bit flexible with who you have and what you have. Um, just be clear eyed on, on where your, where your strengths are today and what you, what you need to do to move forward. Mm -hmm. And, and also just be part of producing content is, you know, like they say, like part of being a good writer is being a reader, right? Like part of creating mm -hmm. good content is reading what's out there and seeing what's out there and seeing the things that resonate with you and the things that resonate with other people. And, you know, what are the blog, 
what are the blog posts that you're, what are the articles that you're excited to read? What mm. ones work for you and are easily graspable for you? What is the TikTok yeah. or, or LinkedIn content that, that is speaking to you or that you're seeing getting a lot of engagement? You have to stay sort of inspired and excited because it's a ton of work. Yeah, no, for sure. The, to, you can learn a lot from reading other people's, other companies' content. Yeah. And the trick then, I guess, is to not get overwhelmed or be like, oh, they're doing this. We have to do it too. You know, it's to stay true to your own voice. So that's a whole other discussion, but it's, but it, you know, but very, but very interesting. Well, lots of, lots of good stuff here. Lots to think about. So one final question, Sarah, how can people get in touch with you? Oh yeah. Well, probably the easiest way is on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Falcon, Sarah with an H Falcon, like the bird. It's, Mm -hmm. it's straightforward. I really, you know, I, really enjoy the LinkedIn community, not the LinkedIn messaging. I recommend people not use that for cold calling or cold messaging. But if you, re- if you request me and I will, I will connect with you and just don't try to sell me like some services. But no, no, <laughs> no pitch slapping as they call it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. But yeah, please, please none of that. Okay. Well, we're going to put a link to your LinkedIn bio in the show notes and, you know, listeners, please reach out, but do not pitch. Just reach out in a friendly way. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your for uh, your time and the conversation. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. I love I love this topic. I'm very passionate about it. So yeah, happy to talk. And yeah, thanks again. You're quite welcome. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.